Welcome back to another episode of Fit Talk. I am your host, Nick Rodriguez, and today we are going to dive into how to start exercising by yourself. Um, This is going to cover multiple methods and locations to work out. Not everybody has the same access to resources, so this is going to be more of an individualized approach, um, and everyone is going to be doing things differently. So what is exercise? Um, It's something that I want to cover before we even dive into this. Exercise is very simple. It is the ability for your body to adapt to the stressors that you put under it or put it through. So cardio, if you are able to run a mile after a while, once you do that for two, three weeks, running one mile is going to be easy for you. It's not going to be as hard. Same thing with lifting. If you can do 10 push-ups after a while, one, two, three weeks, 10 push-ups is going to be easy and you have to challenge yourself some more. So the principle of exercise is very simple. You have to make your body adapt to the stressors that you're putting up, putting it through. And that also applies to nutrition as well. It applies to pretty much everything that your body goes through. Um, it goes like that because there's like a feedback system in your body, right? So it has to be able to complete a movement. It has to be able to move something or get your body from A to B. And it's going to do that however it can. If it is sloppy, then that's just how your body can do it. And it will do it that way. If you can do exercises or movements with perfect form, your body's going to go from A to B using perfect form with no problem at all. So let us start with what types of exercise can you do at home? You can do pretty much anything. Now I'm going to speak from experience and a lot of other people in the world can also attest to this. Exercising at home is not super difficult. Um, it'll challenge your creative processes a little bit, but it's not going to be impossible. I say this because you can do cardio, strength, um, flexibility. You could even do some breathing and meditation as well at home, and you could even do recreational activities such as sports. So let's dive into cardio real quick. It is very easy to do cardio. You can run up the stairs. You can do burpees in your room. Um, You can run through your living room to your kitchen, to your dining room, use your backyard, use your front yard. It doesn't really matter. However you can get the cardio done is all that matters. What will come next is uh, volume when it comes to cardio. How much cardio are you doing? You're running a quarter mile, three quarters, two, three, four, half marathon. And how fast are you doing the cardio? Is it taking you 17 hours to run a half marathon or are you doing it in two? There are people that can run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles in under three and a half hours. It's kind of incredible. I cannot do that. And I'm never going to try to do that. So the next one is strength. This is much harder to do at home, but it is possible. I was recently talking uh, with a friend of mine, and he is in the process of buying equipment for his house. I'm also in the process of buying equipment for my house. I'm always looking for equipment. I think everybody else should be too. Um, And the reason is because look at the last two years where the whole world is pretty much shut down. Gyms were shut down. Everything was. A lot of people lost their routine. They lost pretty much their self-care drive, and it wasn't very easy on people mentally, physically, emotionally, all the above. It was very hard for people, and I don't believe that people should be caught in that position. I believe that people should be able to take care of themselves even if something like that does happen. And one of the best ways to do that is by getting your own equipment and learning how to exercise at home. What kind of equipment could you buy? You could pretty much buy anything you wanted to. You could buy cinder blocks. You can buy cans of soup. You can buy dumbbells, you can buy a pull-up bar, barbell, a bench, medicine balls, resistance bands. 
glute bands, pretty much anything that'll give you a workout or that is challenging to you for you to use. I mean, so in a sense, if you had a dumbbell, you would want to buy multiple dumbbells. You wouldn't want to just buy one. The reason being, if you have a 30 pound dumbbell and you can't lift it with good form, that's just detrimental. If you would buy a 10 pound dumbbell and you can move it easily, perfect. What you want is a nice sweet spot. So you would get 10, 20, 30, or even go five pound increments. And some dumbbells are even sold in two and a half pound increments. Um, when it comes to the amount of space that you have at your house, that might not be possible. But if you do have a lot of space, then feel free and buy as much as you want and or can. The next thing that we're going to cover is flexibility. This can also be done at home. Uh, pretty much can be done anywhere. You could stretch anywhere you want. And when I go through flexibility, I basically mean mobility and I mean stretching. And by stretching, I mean static or dynamic. What do we know about stretching? Static stretching, there is no length change in your muscle. So think about doing a toe touch. Very static, no bouncing, no movement. Now go through a dynamic workout or a dynamic stretch, I'm, I'm sorry. You would basically start in the bottom of a squat. This is the example. Grab your ankles and then lift your hips as high as you can without letting your ankles go and repeat that process. You are stretching that muscle using movement instead of a static motion. Static, no lengthening. Dynamic, there is lengthening. Which one's better for you? Dynamic is better prior to exercise. Static is always better after. You do still have to warm up. Um, whenever you do static stretching, even though you're not really lengthening the muscle, but you can't stretch a cold muscle. Just like you couldn't cook cold meat, you got to heat it up. It's better, it's more malleable, um, and you can actually move it much better when you warm the muscle up. The fourth thing that I want to cover is meditation and breathing exercises. Now, I say this because we went over the six dimensions of wellness, and one of them is mental. Now, this has a reprieve for people. It gives them some peace of mind. It gives them a time to slow down. Um, and it gives them time to think, really. Kind of do a little body scan and just make sure that they're doing okay. And the benefits of breathing exercises is something that is still being researched. And they are coming up with a lot of it. And there are some pretty good studies. But it's definitely something that everybody should be checking out. Um, because it's, it's pretty much the way your body functions. Cellular respiration. The more oxygen you get into your body, the better it can perform. And the last thing that I wanted to cover, exercise you can do at home, recreational activities. If you're a child, if you're an adult, or you have family members that come over, friends, play some basketball. You can play football, soccer, handball even. I used to play that on the wall across the street from my house. We just used a random building. People who owned it probably weren't the happiest, but we were kids and we just had to occupy ourselves. Um, we even played football up the hill from my house with the community kids. Um, it wasn't all the time. Definitely on the weekends, sometimes after school. But there was always like a four-on-four four or a five-on-five. Five. Heck, we used to even play manhunt all the time. That was a weeknight event, and it was it was probably one of the funner times of my childhood, honestly. There's nothing like running through a neighborhood away from three, four, five people just trying to tag you before you get on base. It gets the adrenaline pumping, and it was the best type of cardio. So I would say my suggestion for when you buy equipment is to buy what is easiest for you to use and what's in your fitness level. Try to buy scalable equipment. So like I mentioned with the dumbbells, you can buy them in two and a half pound or five pound increments. Um, because if you do too large of a jump with your equipment, it is going to mess up your form. It's going to be very difficult for you to complete any movements and get a good workout in. And another thing that I thought of is space. Not everybody has the same amount of space. Some people are in studio apartments, some in two bedroom apartments. 
Some people got five bedroom houses. That's perfect. But if you have gym space, the best thing to do is utilize it only for the gym. Just like you use your bedroom just to sleep and to do whatever else you need to get ready in the morning, your gym should just be a spot where you can work out, stress yourself out, kind of try to get into a flow state and benefit yourself. If not, you will definitely run into lack of motivation and pretty much procrastination just trying to not work out anything you can do. I've done it. I'm not very proud of it though. Um, but everyone goes through it and I think that's very normal and part of the awareness that people got to develop is how can they identify that and how can they deal with that Um, because it's very important to stick to your routine because when it comes to this stuff it's a lifestyle change consistency is key it's very difficult for a lot of people though just because of everything going on in life whether it's in society or personal life they may not want to work out and that's perfectly okay just identify it accept that and just be aware the next time it happens that it can't keep happening because we're trying to make changes here. That's, that's the end of the day. That's what's trying to be done. Okay. So I'm going to tell you guys about some of the equipment that I have in my house. So everybody can have more of like, uh, an example I own and I have owned since I was a child, a 20 pound dumbbell and various fitness programs. And that is it. That is all I use growing up. It was actually P90X before that way in the nineties. Tybo. It was amazing. Did it with my mother. I would die after every single session. But as I got older, I wanted to do more strength training. So P90X and a 20 pound dumbbell is where I started. Uh, My next addition was a pull-up bar. After that, I just stuck with dumbbells, worked out at the local high school, pretty much only did pull-ups and dumbbell work for years. After that, now I started accumulating kettlebells, med balls, balance boards, Um, There's a whole bunch of stuff that I have now that's not necessarily orthodox in a gym because you're not always going to find balance boards, Um, but it's just stuff that works for me and that have me get my results and kind of entertains me when I work out. So I'm not really bored when I'm exercising. It's stuff that I'm always trying to get better at. And that's the hard part. You're always trying to improve. So something I want people to ponder if you're listening to this is what would you want in your gym? What do you like? What exercise works for you? You may just like going out and doing yard work. If you do that, that's fine. You may like to go pick up things on the street. That's fine. You may like to go help at the local dog park. And as you're doing that, you're running around, playing fetch, all with animals. That is fine. Whatever works for you and gets you being active and gets you outside is what works. Now, you're not going to have dog toys or a dog park in your gym, but you can definitely bring the dog around. There's nothing wrong with that. If anything, that's just motivation and something that'll keep you going on your journey. Okay, this is another hard one for people. This is frequency. We're going over how often you should work out. That very much so depends on your fitness level. You may be out of shape or deconditioned, as I like to say, and that's perfectly fine. So my advice is always start slow. If you are more advanced or kind of been working out for a couple months or a couple years, you know where to start. By that point, you know your body, you know what you can handle. You have free reign to do whatever you like. When it comes to times per week, start at one, then add on another work day. Never, ever start with three, four, five days of working out at the beginning because it's really going to not go well. It's going to be too much. It's going to overwhelm you. And that's definitely not something that people need when they're going into the gym. It just makes it that much harder. Another thing that definitely needs to be thought about is your set and rep scheme. This is going to tie into volume. Now, what do I mean by volume? How much work are you doing in your workout? Take it back to cardio example. 
Are you running two miles or three miles? That's your volume. When it goes to strength, how much are you lifting weight-wise? How many sets are you doing and how many reps are you doing? This is very important for people because a set and rep scheme matters for what you're training for. And I'm going to break that down for you right now. If you are a person who is five foot seven, you weigh 300 pounds and your goal is to lose weight, you do not want to switch up the set and rep schemes to work against you. Meaning you do not want to lift for strength. You want to lift for weight loss. Now, there are some people that believe in recomposition, which is lifting for strength as you are still heavy. I do that as well. However, I still prioritize weight loss for my clients. But when it comes to weight loss, you always want to do an endurance rep. So you want to do lower weights, higher reps. Why is that? It stimulates your muscle that much more, and it's something that you can use to get your technique down. Remember, deconditioned people or people who aren't used to exercising or just getting into it, they may not have the proper form. And that's something else that I'm going to go into a little bit later. But back to the rep scheme. So if you're going to lose weight, higher reps, higher sets, lower weight. If you want to grow some muscle, this is the fun part. You have to find a moderate point, which means it's got to be in the middle of your heaviest weight, which is something you may only be able to lift one, two, or three times, and something that you can lift 25 to 30 times. It's something in the middle. So most people set it here. Two to four sets. Eight to 12 reps. It's very specific, um, but that actually can be tweaked a little bit. So you actually could lift a lighter weight with that rep scheme, but again, it's not going to be enough stimulation for you, so you might not benefit as much. So that's why it's important to pick a heavier weight than you would use if you're doing a lot of volume. Okay, so you have to think weight loss, high reps, low weight. If you want to grow some muscle, moderate weight, moderate volume. Now, if you're going to go for maximal strength, this is the kicker. You want to do low volume, high intensity. I mean, one to three sets of four to six reps. That is not a lot of volume. However, within that amount of time, you are pulling, let's assume a 300-pound deadlift. You would not be doing that for 60 reps. Your body would break unless you are conditioned for that. But most people are not. So that's why it's very important to kind of get your sets and reps and weights proper. Okay, so recap. When you're going for weight loss, you want to do high volume, low, low weight. When you're going for muscle growth, you want to go in the middle. So uh, moderate heavy weight and moderate volume. And you also can stretch that volume to go a little bit farther to get a little bit more effort out of your muscles. And when you're lifting for strength, you want to keep that volume low and you want to keep that weight high, intense. Um, and again, my example is just going to be that person who's 5'7", weighs 300 pounds. They may want to lift for strength if that's their goal. But if their goal is weight loss, they definitely want to stick to a high-volume, lightweight scheme. Now, some things that would motivate you to continue exercising. As I stated last episode, get a buddy. Get somebody who is on the same level of you or who is beyond you and have them help you out. Learn things from the person who is more fit than you and or learn things together with the person that is on your equal level. Um, that'll make it fun. You could even gamify it a little bit. See who, say you're working out with a partner and you guys are both doing the same exercise. Who can do more reps? Who can finish faster? Who can run faster? Who can lift more? After a while, that becomes problematic because if people are kind of progressing at different speeds, 
not everybody's going to be able to keep up. It's something that has to be remembered when it comes to fitness. Not everybody is the same. Every body is unique. Um, and everybody's training process is different. It's all pretty much tailored to them. It's very individualized. Another thing that you should remember, do not try to train like an athlete if you are not an athlete. Now, I don't say that to discourage anybody. I say it that I say it as caution. Anybody who is 55, 56 years old, you're not running and jumping the same as a 21-year-old. It's just not happening. That could happen if you build yourself up with time and consistency. It definitely could happen. I mean, years ago, over a decade ago, I was running a 5K and there was a 75-year-old running right next to me. I never even thought I would be running a 5K at 75. I'm only 28 now, but I hope to be running a 5K when I'm 75, just like that man was. And longevity is the name of the game for him. So that's how he trained. He trained for longevity. He trained for that endurance. Another thing that you could do to aid yourself in exercising is read. Read, watch videos, consume content that deals with beginner-friendly exercise, just like this podcast. You can learn a lot, and you can also tweak your form, which is very important. That's something that I will go into in the future. I believe firmly that if you have a good foundation, that anything that happens after that is going to be much easier. So some of the main motions that people should learn properly, squat, a pull-up, and a push-up, and how to hip hinge. It's hinging at the hips. It's not the same as a conventional deadlift. It is all at the hips. This is a problem for a lot of people because many people sit. So we have tired back muscles. They're just not working, not activated. So we do a lot of slouching in our daily lives. And when you would see some of the hip hinges that I've seen, it is a, it's, it's kind of wild. But that is not permanent. Everyone can improve, and I have seen great improvements in people, whether that was the beginning of my training career or where I'm at right now in life. I've seen great progress. It just takes a lot of consistency and discipline. So again, squats, pull-ups, push-ups, and hip hinges. Those are the four major movements that you would definitely want to learn and to do them properly because from that solid foundation, you are able to scale up as much as you need to. Once you do one set of push-ups for 10 reps, you can do two sets of push-ups for 10 reps. Onwards up to three for 10 and then four. What happens then when you pretty much don't know what else to do, then you can educate yourself on how to use variations for those movements. Okay, so what's a squat variation? A reverse lunge. What's a hip hinge variation? It's a single leg deadlift. Very hard for people, more focused on coordination, still benefits. What's a variation for a push-up? If you said tricep push-up, you're right, but I'm going to go with the wide grip push-up. Because there's 27 to 30 plus variations of a push-up. So it really doesn't matter. Last one, pull-up. Variations of a pull-up. You can do a typewriter. You can do a one-arm if you can. Good for you. You can do a negative pull-up. You can do isometric holds for your pull-up. See how long you can hang on the bar. There are tons of things that can be done with just those four movements that can keep people moving pretty much for their entire life. It just takes, again, consistency and discipline. And if you have that recipe, then you can pretty much work out for your entire life and teach others how to do the same. When it comes to, and I want to circle back real quick, when it comes to the gym and the equipment that you have, please do not forget that you don't need a high-quality functional gym. You just need a couple pieces of equipment. Those couple pieces of equipment can be cycled 
through. So that way you are challenging yourself in the proper way. You can do circuit training. You can do interval training. These are all different types of training, something that I'm going to delve into in the future, but there are tons of fun ways to train and creative ways that people can get a fantastic workout. But again, when it comes to that gym, don't worry, five pieces of equipment, two pieces of equipment, it works just fine because your body has a lot of adapting to do before it can go to new heights. And that's something that people underestimate is how much variety do you need in your exercise? You don't need that much variety. It's good to get variety. It'd be a lot boring if you were pretty much doing the same exercises for 10 years. But I know people that do programs for 12 weeks, 12 months that they're doing squats, bench press, just the same movements over and over and over again until their technique is solid and they're moving up. Again, that person's training might be very different. They might actually be training for a competition or just powerlifting is the way is the way they like to work out. But if you're just going for longevity, sure, get that variety in there. But focus mainly on your goals, on what you want to do in your life. If you want to lose weight, train that way. If you want to get stronger, train that way. You just have to be disciplined when you do it. At the end of the day, you will see results, whether it takes two months, three months, hell, even eight months. You will definitely see results. There are many other factors that may need to be tweaked, but that's something that pretty much comes on the ride. You got to figure that stuff out as you go and as your knowledge grows. And I want to leave everybody with this last tidbit of information. You can do it. It's hard. Um, I do not know what everyone's past is like. I know genetically I'm blessed. I could eat what I want pretty much. Mm, have to exercise a couple times a week and I will get my figure back. I will lose some strength. Yes. Um, but for the most part, I'm, I'm okay. But there are some people who are not like that. Genetics is not kind to everyone and it takes other people a longer time to see results and that's okay. But you as an individual, as long as you understand that it might take you a little longer compared to Stephanie from down the street, that's perfectly fine. Because at the end of the day, you're exercising for yourself. You're not exercising for other people. It is all to make you feel better, to look better, to be better, and overall improve your quality of life. So it doesn't really matter what Stephanie down the street is doing as long as you're doing what you need to do and get and reaping the benefits. That is all that matters. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Fit Talk with Nick. Please feel free and leave a review or share this with your friends and family. I'm working on getting my socials online so that way I can communicate with you guys directly. That way I can answer comments or answer any questions that may be posed in the future. To find this show, just go to Rum Runners Podcast Network and you'll see me there. Um, but at the end of the day, thank you for listening. Keep learning, stay consistent and have a fantastic day.